0: all righty welcome to the uvu review quickfire podcast as always i'm your host andrew career joined by my great friend tanner heath
1: what's up guys so we promised you a special episode last week we delivered with that special episode this week uh we just finished up our interview with uh UVU's new head men's basketball coach, Mark Madsen. The mad dog. Uh just some accolades of his. He was two time uh all first team Pac twelve or Pac ten back then. Yeah. Um he was recently the Lakers assistant coach. He won two NBA championships with the Lakers, played with Hall of Famers. Um, a lot of things on his resume. It was great getting to know him for the first time. It was a lot of fun. So uh we hope you guys end up enjoying that interview that we're going to be putting right in the middle here. Andrew, what were your thoughts on it?
0: Um, Coach Madsen, very genuine, nice guy. I think that was the main thing that I got out of it is his answer his answers were straightforward, but they were honest. And I feel like that he is actually genuinely excited to be here. And I think that he's going to do a really good job. Um, this is a big name hire for UVU. Mark Madsen is a big name hire for UVU. And I'm really excited to see what he can do for the program.
1: Yeah, so we hope you guys enjoy this interview. Uh, obviously, the last time we had an interview, we switched up our format. We're just doing the interview. Uh, we hope you like it, you enjoy it, give us feedback on it. Mark was a lot of fun. He is now going to be a recurring guest. We're going to have him on again in the fall when we're See, officially back.
0: we were going to have Mark Pope on again, but then, you know, some stuff happened. Yeah, we upgraded. I like that a lot more. We upgraded. From Mark to Mark, here's the new podcast. Here you go. All right, we're here with UVU's new head men's basketball coach, Mark Matson. Mark, how you doing? Doing great. How
2: are you? Doing pretty good.
0: It's been a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Tanner and I are here. We've got some questions for you.
2: Well, Andrew, thanks for having me on. Great, great yeah? to be with you guys. Great to be here at Utah Valley. And uh, more than anything, I'm excited about the coming season. Oh, uh, we are. Yeah, we're really excited too. Really, really excited.
0: I think that was going to be the one of the first things that I wanted to ask straight off the bat is, what brought you to UVU?
2: Well, a number of things. Number one, I have a great familiarity with the school, and I've, I've long respected this school tremendously. I've had siblings that have come to the school. I've had friends that have come to UVU. I, I've known people from my hometown that have come here before it was UVU. And so I have a tremendous appreciation for the academics, for the culture, for the people here. And, and really, when you look at the basketball tradition at Utah Valley, it's, it's really second to none. Starting back with Dick Hunsaker, uh, they won a WAC championship. They went from the junior college level to Division One level. Thing. And that specific transition, that was the first time that had ever been done, and it will never be done again because the NCAA closed, closed that ability to, to, to make that change. Um, but the main thing is the basketball. Coach Pope has elevated this, this university's basketball program to the national level. That's a tradition I want to continue. And we want to get to the NCAA tournament. We want to make a deep run in the tournament. And we want to get there by winning those three games late in the season in Las Vegas to win the WAC. That will that will put us in the NCAA tournament.
1: Um, so going off of what you just said, uh, the first question that I kind of had for you is you mentioned these things in your introductory press conference, but um, obviously you mentioned winning, winning that championship, getting the NCAA tournament. What else are you looking forward to the most here at UVU?
2: I'm looking forward to getting to know the young men in our program. I was in their shoes in the in the late '90s. Mm -hmm. When you're a student athlete, you're you're balancing academics, you're balancing your social life, you're balancing the weight room, you're balancing sometimes a head coach that you're not getting along with. And and I've, you know, I'll tell the players there're going to be times where they're upset with me, and it's okay. It's okay for a player to be upset with a coach yeah. because my door is always open. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're upset about minutes, playing time, roll, my, my door is always wide open, and I want to talk through those things and, and help resolve any concerns, mm-hmm. all with the, the eye single to winning mm-hmm. because ultimately when when the team has success, a rising tide, it doesn't just lift one boat. Mm-hmm. It lifts all the boats in the bay, and I want every one of these players to be lifted up.
0: So another thing that I thought you said was really nice in your press conference is you said your number one recruiting job right now is recruiting the guys that are currently on your team. If you had to give me that pitch, what would it be?
2: Well, it's a pitch that I've been uh, really talking to a lot of current players about. Ultimately, every player has, and, and we're seeing this more and more nationwide, but players in the game of basketball have the ability and the freedom to transfer. Notwithstanding that, I'm telling each and every one, I believe, number one, that from a skill development standpoint, starting right away, so I start with the immediate, I believe that there is no other program in America that can give the players what they need to play at a higher level than here with me. I'm in the process of building out a world-class staff. Um, So the first piece would be the, the skill development. The second piece would be winning. The goal here is to win at the highest level. The goal here is to win not only early in the season or middle in the season, but late in the season when the games mean the most. Again, with with the eye of getting to that tournament and making a serious run. Um, So my next question kind of goes off of that
1: is uh the biggest thing in college basketball now at the end of the season is the transfer portal and how that's all done. Um just I want to just get what do you like about it? You know, wh- what would you change about it if you don't like it? Cuz obviously I mean like there's obviously there's big news about, you know, grad transfers and redshirt transfers just all over the board. It's like you said it, they they have this
2: ability now that they didn't used to in college basketball. What what are your thoughts on it? I'm happy the players have it. I mean, these players when a player steps onto the game uh, onto the court in a college game they are literally putting their their body on the line mm. a- any athlete that goes in a competition you could break a leg you could rupture a disc they put themselves through a lot and so i think it's only fair that they have the ability to transfer if they don't like a situation or if they want to explore something else and so you, you know when when players talk to me about the transfer possibility i tell them how much i want them here I give them the vision of, of how I want to utilize them and, and the skill development, the journey. But ultimately, if they do decide to leave, I embrace them and I, and I wish them well and, and it's, it continues to be a strong relationship.
0: So one of the things that I love about the figure of Mark Madsen is the fact that his nickname is Mad Dog, because that's one hell of a nickname. <laughs> you don't just get that nickname for any reason. But I had to ask. Are there any stories where you were the mad
2: dog off the basketball court <laughs> that don't get you fired? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll tell you the day I got the nickname. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tell tell let's you do that. that. Let's get
1: some backstory. Mm-hmm.
2: It was fifth grade. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that early. It was that early. <laughs> <laughs> so you were nuts. That's
0: what you're telling me. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I, I
2: guess. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. But, but it was fifth grade and we had a PE teacher who had... He had previously gotten a tryout with the 49ers. His name was Mr. Cornell. Everybody looked up to him. He, was, he walked onto campus. He had this physique of just chiseled. And he, he was just a cool guy. And so everybody he was giving nicknames to all the athletes and really everybody. And one day he came up to me and he said, man, you're the only guy that doesn't have a nickname. I got a nickname for you, Bad Dog Manson. And, and somehow it just stuck with me and stuck with me my whole career to the point now where in the NBA, when people see me, that's just how people dress me. And so, uh, so I'm used to it. Okay. All right. So do you have an example of a time
0: on the court that someone came up to you and it was like a really key moment. And they're like, you're mad dog. You got this. You're playing like like mad dog.
2: There was a time I was playing in a game. I'm not going to share which game, but my opponent was, you know, it was it was uncharacteristic because normally when I played, no one really said, no one really talked too much trash to me for whatever reason. Maybe it's because I didn't really talk too much trash, and so nobody really sent too much trash my way. But one guy was saying a lot of stuff one game, and uh, th- there may have been, you know, that that side of my personality that came out a little bit. But but in, but in general, I think the game it's a game where you can play clean, you can play physical, and then when the game's over. You congratulate your teammate, and if you win, you can you can have humility and accept, and accept the win graciously.
1: Okay, so we gotta we gotta ask just some just some fun question stories about just your playing days. Now, um, I found this quote on your Wikipedia page from Shaq. Actually, he said, uh, and I quote: He said, uh, "said the only player who could thwart him from his dominant play was you." Uh, he said he used to beat me up in practice. So I want to know, and I think everybody wants to know, wh- give, me your, give me
2: your best Shaq story. Well, first of all, let's be honest. If Shaq wanted to dominate anybody, he did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sha- Shaq must have been being kind in that interview or whatever. <laughs> he must have been feeling decent towards me that day. But first of all, Shaq is a great human being. I remember one day... So here's what you had. You had Shaq, who was about 32 years old, and I, w- I was a rookie, mm-hmm. so I had energy. So in practice, I remember the first practice, and I was on the second team, and everyone was matching up, and I realized no one was matching up to Shaq. Mm-hmm. And everyone just said, Mad Dog, you got Shaq. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, 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 I'm not guarding Shaq. Someone else is guarding Shaq. But it, but it fell to me from that day forward almost every day. And so the one thing that... You know, Shaq used to always say this. He used to always say, man, we got a lot of 10:30 a.m. guys on this t- team. They're great at 10 in the morning. They're great at 11 in the morning when we practice. He said, but I'm a 7 p.m. guy. That's what he said about himself. He said, when the popcorn's popping, when the light's on, that's when I do my thing. So there may have been some practices at 10 a.m. when Shaq may not have been going as hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, at 10 a.m., I was always going hard. And so I was running the floor. So one day Shaq comes in and he says, big fella, if you do all that stuff today, sprinting the floor, going for every offensive board, running as fast as you can, I may have to knock you down a couple times. But if you just ease up a little bit and just instead of sprinting, if you jog a little bit, I'll just take fadeaways all day. And so in the moment I said, I- I'm going to ease up a little bit, Shaq. I'm, I'm going to ease up. I'm not going to sprint so much. But then once practice started, I sprinted as hard as I could. But but Shaq was a great guy. He yeah. he-, he was always joking. He's always laughing. He's a guy who to this day is just, he's a mentor and a friend.
0: So mine kind of goes back to the one earlier. This is a question I always feel like I need to ask people who played basketball on an upper level. Who's the best teammate you had that was like the best teammate trash talker and the best opponent trash talker you ever played against?
2: Well, I would say Kevin Garnett was probably the best one of one of the best teammates I had. He he didn't talk that much trash, but when he did, he he got after it, you know. And and he was Kevin Garnett was fierce. He he, he didn't mess around. But off the court, I remember one time I broke my thumb. I'll never forget this. And and I had to stay at home for practice for two or three days. So I get to practice, and, and Kevin Garnett he's on the training table and he says, "How was your morning?" I said, "It was good." He said, "How was everything at the house?" I said, "Fine." And that was it. I went in, changed, practiced. Well, I got home later that day, literally, and this will shock people. There was like 20 balloons and, and a Get Well card, and it was from Kevin Garnett. There you go. And it's like you would never expect that from a guy of his stature. Yeah, no. but, but that's why he was asking me, hey, man, how was everything at the house this morning? Well, he had sent the Get Well card and the Get Well package, but I wasn't there. I'd already left. Um, okay, so just one final question
1: for me just to kind of hold the people over during the off season. Um, what For people that don't, I mean, we've kind of already discussed some things you want to do, you want to accomplish. For people that don't know what you're about, what are you going to carry over from having coaching experience in the NBA to this upcoming first season with the Wolverines?
2: I want to empower every single player to be the best that they can be. Some college players feel like they get love and attention Mm -hmm. and and, and development and interest from the coaching staff. Other players at some schools don't. I want every player in this program to feel the attention, the care, and the detail-oriented commitment to help them achieve their goals. Because as the players achieve their goals, as they get better, as as they win, the entire program is elevated. And, And these players, their dreams start to become true.
0: And then my final question—I've um, been thinking about a lot that, uh, this a lot—in your situation, the end of last season, the Wolverines ended in the semifinals against GCU. A lot of people were saying that this year was the year for UVU basketball to take the whack. This last year? This last? Well, this upcoming season this upcoming. that you've come into. Do you think that the whack is still in the grasp of UVU? Do you think that they absolutely, should... absolutely? That's what I like to
2: hear. Well, I I, I believe it. Yeah. I think that it will take hard work. We've had some players transfer out. But even with that, with our core group, I believe we can do it.
0: What do you think the main thing is going to be that gets you there?
2: Well, it's going to be, number one, it's going to be defense. You know, we're going to. We're going to run a high-octane offense. We're going to create space. We're going to generate open threes. We're going to open up lanes so guys can attack the rim, draw in contact, get into the free throw line. And then at the other end of the court, we're going to be a tough-nosed defensive team. That's the recipe for championships in the NCAAs. That's the recipe for championships in college. That's the recipe for championships in every sport. And we're going to do that. Thank you so much, Coach.
1: Coach, thank you. We hope to have you on for a possibly you know preseason outlook in the fall time. so we hope to we hope to see you again in the fall time. Thank you for coming on,
2: yeah,' that'd be great. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks, coach. Thanks, guys.
0: All righty. Well, that was our interview with Mark Maddog Madsen. Tanner. What would you think? What were your thoughts on the interview?
1: I mean, we kind of described it a little bit um just in our in our intro before, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he gave us some some really good fun answers. We got him to laugh, which was important. That's what we always try to get our guests to do. Um, but, yeah, he answered our questions well. He, he just seems like he's really excited for this job. And that's what I think you, you needed the most in a head coach coming here with somebody who has expectations already coming in for this team.
0: Yeah, and he's so excited that he's wearing Crocs in his office.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll put that picture up. He was chilling in Crocs. They were he, horrible. He asked us why we don't rock Crocs. So I mean, I guess come fall time, we will each have a pair of Crocs. You know why
0: I don't rock Crocs, Mark Madsen? Because I still need to find a girlfriend. <laughs> you're already married. You're in the. You're in the. You've been in the NBA.
1: You could rock Crocs. So I'll be back on. I'll be. I'll be on Crocs come yeah, fall time. Yeah, because
0: Tanner's married. He's fine. But if I'm rocking Crocs, I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life. So no Crocs for this guy. I think we actually agreed that in the next interview we do for Mark, uh, we're gonna buy Crocs. We're all gonna
1: wear them to yeah. The we'll, all, we'll all wear them together. Kay. Um. That'll come in the fall time. We got plenty of time till then. Um, but we're excited for him and the offseason that he's looking to have. So
0: Yeah, and once again, we just want to thank him and uh, the UVU men's basketball program for letting us be involved, have the show there. It was really awesome to be in his office and uh, really just get a good feel for what the next season's going to be like. So I'm really excited for those guys.
1: Yeah, you guys should be excited too. We hope you enjoyed the interview. I mean, like I always mentioned before the interview, go ahead and give us feedback, things we can add, improve on. But uh, thanks to Mark again. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening to our show today. Of course, this has been the UVU Review
0: Quickfire Podcast with Andrew Creer and Tanner T. Money Heath. Um, we are... Uh, we, we all have a few episodes during the summer. We'll see. Well,
1: oh, I, we forgot to tease our next week's episode. Oh, yeah, we have a next week's episode. So our official kind of last episode of this semester, next week, we got a special show. Andrew, what are we doing? We are going to do the Willie Awards. Huh? So... The Willie Awards are just going to be kind of in review from August of this last year until this, this end of this month. Um, we're going to come up with a couple different categories. We'll try to come up with between six to eight categories. Kind of elaborate on the nominees and who won, what they won, and why. Also, um, I'm just going to pre-give a Willie Award. Is that all right? Okay.
0: Um, best, yeah. This is a teaser Willie Award. Best heads men basketball coach with the first name Mark. <laughs> Mad dog, baby. Mad dog. He wins that one. All righty. Well, we'll see you guys next week. We're really excited to have you. Um,
1: any thoughts, Tanner? No, look forward to it. Hope you enjoyed the interview once again. It was our favorite so far. Thanks, guys. Love you. Love <laughs> you.